In this week's episode, we are going to take a look at the disappearance of Elizabeth Campbell from Lampasas, Texas. 20-year-old Elizabeth Campbell was last seen at a 7-Eleven gas station in Coppers Cove, Texas. She disappeared after making several phone calls for a ride home. Suspicions of human trafficking emerge as the search for Elizabeth continues to grow. With no suspects and no new leads, Elizabeth's case grows cold. Can we help her family bring their daughter home? I'm your host, Candace Chen, and this is Episode 5 of Finding the Lost. Elizabeth Campbell, Her Last Stop episode of Finding the Lost, we are going to look at the disappearance of Elizabeth Campbell. Elizabeth, who her friends call Liz, was born May 31, 1967. She was a college student attending Central Texas College in Killeen, Texas at the time of her disappearance. She also had a job at the 7-Eleven convenience store about 11 minutes away from her campus and close to the east gate of the Fort Hood Army Base. Originally from Lampasas, Texas, she lived with her parents and wanted to pursue an education in marine biology at Texas A&M University. However, her dreams will have been put on hold as she went missing near a 7-Eleven in Coppers Cove, Texas, 25 miles east of her home, 31 years ago. She was 20 years old. The day of her disappearance started as a normal day. She attended her classes, then afterwards she had gone to work at the 7-Eleven on Rancier Avenue in Colleen. During this time, she was going to start her final exams, so she decided that she was going to go to her ex-boyfriend Ricky Ray's house to study after she finished her shift at work. She had left on foot sometime between 9.30 and 10 p.m., after an argument had surfaced between the two. Around 11 p.m., 45 minutes after she had left his house, she stopped into the 7-Eleven in Coppers Cove to use the phone inside the store rather than outside, which was protocol. She was offered to use the phone because she was also an employee at another location. She called Ricky to ask for a ride home, but instead they got into another argument. He said to Unsolved Mysteries, Elizabeth called me from a convenience store and wanted me to pick her up. We got into a little disagreement there, because I was asking her why she left my house without telling me. I didn't understand why she'd do something like that because it's not like her. Afterwards, she attempted to call her brother using the outside payphone due to his number not being a local one. After attempting to contact her brother, she left on foot to walk home on the highway the 7-Eleven was on. Highway 190. That was the last time anyone saw or heard from Elizabeth. How did she get from her boyfriend's house to a 7-Eleven that was 11 miles away? 
it was discovered that a store clerk at the 7-Eleven had seen Elizabeth being dropped off in a mint green gremlin by a white male. When police found and questioned this male, he told police that he was also a student driving home. He had seen her walking on the side of the highway and offered her a ride. She accepted, asking to be dropped off at the 7-Eleven in Copper's Cove, which was en route to where he was heading to. He dropped her off and hadn't seen her since. Her parents, Paul and Sam Soon Campbell, reported her missing the next morning when they discovered her bed was still made from the previous morning. Elizabeth's brother informed them that he had turned off the porch light prior to her coming home, a routine the family did. The last person who enters the house should turn off the porch light. The last person would have been Elizabeth if she had returned home. They confirmed that she did not come home from this information. However, they were told by various police departments different processes of reporting a missing person. Quote, One of them said 24 hours. One of them said 48 hours. One of them said 72 hours, said Carol Ann Hone, Elizabeth's sister, when she did an interview with KWTX, a television station in Texas. The family decided to start the search on their own. They would put up flyers and ask any and everybody that they came across if they had seen Elizabeth. They would go miles out to different cities to search for her. They first started immediately after by confirming with the driver of the Green Gremlin that did drop her off. They had gone to search for her at Central Texas College and got information confirmed from speaking to him. They spent the next several weeks searching on their own for her going as far as her mother finding bones off the highway and had them sent to the lab only to return as deer bone. The police finally started to investigate. They spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and followed every lead they heard in hopes one day one lead would turn into finding Elizabeth. In 1990, Elizabeth's case was featured on the TV show Unsolved Mysteries. The details of the night she went missing was depicted in the 45-minute show. Unsolved Mysteries claimed that witnesses saw Elizabeth with an Asian gentleman. This account led the family to believe that she was still alive, being abducted or trafficked. According to the Unsolved Mysteries broadcast, six days after she went missing, Elizabeth's mother went to Waco, Texas, and a store clerk at a convenience store said he saw a girl that matched Elizabeth's description come into the store escorted by an Asian male who had her by the wrist. When attempting to talk to the woman, the clerk said that the man dragged her out of the store. Two weeks after her disappearance, another clerk from Copper's Cove stated she saw Elizabeth with an Asian male and they got ice cream. She said she believed that there was something odd about how Elizabeth was acting, almost as if she didn't want to be there with him that she was there unwillingly. Two months later, on July 10th, there was another sighting in Garland, Texas, about two hours and 45 minutes north of where Elizabeth was last seen. This time, it was reported that she was alone coming out of a store, but in a rush like she was being watched. In 1992, Elizabeth's purse was found in Ozona, Texas, which is three hours and 35 minutes west of where she went missing. The Crockett County Sheriff's Department was cleaning out their evidence area when they came across a purse in the property room. Her social security card, military ID, and credit card were left inside. 
but her hairbrush, makeup, and keys were missing. After running her ID, they found out she was a missing person. It is believed that the purse was turned in shortly after her disappearance. The sheriff at the time suspected between April 1988 and January 1989. But where it was found, exactly when it was found, and who located it is still unknown because they did not keep records of found property at the time. Three decades since Elizabeth went missing, and her friends and family still haven't found an answer. Her mother, Samson Campbell, now in her mid-80s, has yet to stop searching for her. Her father, Tom Campbell, unfortunately passed away due to congestive heart failure without learning his daughter's whereabouts. To this day, Samson Campbell has her daughter's room as it was the day she went missing. The convenience store clerk who saw the suspect with Elizabeth that day in Waco, Texas, Roger Anyon, has since passed away at the age of 86 in 2009. Police have sketched a portrait of the suspect. Elizabeth's case is still active, but there are many unanswered questions about her disappearance. Elizabeth Campbell, at the time of her disappearance, was 5'2", 96 to 106 pounds, brown hair and brown eyes. She has a one-inch horizontal scar under her chin and on her forehead, and a small mole in the middle of her back, between her shoulder blades. She has double piercings in her ears and is biracial. Asian and Caucasian. She was last seen wearing a white t-shirt with blue jeans, white tennis shoes, and a yellow jacket. She wore a 10k gold ring, a diamond romance Wittenauer watch, and carried a maroon handbag. She was last seen walking down Highway 190 on foot en route to Limpasses, Texas. If anyone sees, hears, or has information about her whereabouts, please reach out to the Coppers Cove Police Department at 817-547-4273 or you can reach out to your local police department. No matter how small the details are, anything helps. Thank you for listening to Finding the Lost podcast. Sources and more information about this case will be listed in the description of this episode. If you like the show and you want to help support the show, make sure to leave a review and subscribe to the show so you can stay up to date on new episodes and so that we can continue to bring awareness to these cases. Another way to help support our show is by subscribing to our Patreon page. There, you'll get access to more episodes that are not part of our regular show and early access to the episodes before they are released. If you have a case that you would like us to cover, you can send us an email at findingthelostpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at findingthelostp and on Instagram at findingthelostpodcast. We also have a Facebook group where you can join in on discussions about the cases we cover. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any other podcast platform you listen on. Until then, stay safe and see you on the next episode. Thank you.